And we, we know how you're worried about your boy out there, so. Yeah, my boy Connor deserves the best and nothing but the best, but that won't happen until they get a new goalie, so. <laughs> until then, I have no comment. <laughs> Hey everybody, it is Allison Lucan. We are back at you with another news-filled episode of Too Many Men. As always, I am joined by the rightly defiant, the incredibly strong, and one of the wisest people I know, Sarah Sivian. Sarah, how are you? Um, I couldn't cut it as a wise man. But I, oh, I forgot the lyrics, but... I don't know if I'm wise. Thank you, Allison. You are. Every time Sarah puts something in our group chat, I'm always like, that is the best thing ever. And someone who can attest to that is someone who we would be lost without both on this show and in our lives, the compassionate and the committed, as always, to the people in her life, the athletics, Shayna Goldman. Shayna, say hi. Hi, I'm going to remember this when you tell me how disorganized and what a train wreck I am. I didn't say you were organized. I know say you're organized, I'm, but I'm important. You are I'm, important. You're I'm just not necessary. organized. I'm necessary. Me and my chaotic way. If you had me organized, you, I wouldn't be the same. Okay. Love Kay. you. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we spent a lot of time last episode talking about the actual on ice stuff, but there has been a lot going on off ice as well. And as you know, we can't leave it alone. It's time for Sarah Sivian's very safe favorite segment. Did, were you muted when you did that? Because I, I think you were muted. Do the clap again. Me? Yeah, do. There it do is. Do the drum roll. The drum roll. Your desk is too quiet. Now. We got to get you like a little drum. We'll set. get her a little rib. <laughs> yeah, Rangoon can do the drum. <laughs> it's Bitto News time, Sarah. <laughs> Bitto News. <Woo>! Boing. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we've spent a lot of time this season talking about the coaching carousel, and it does continue to turn including first, and interestingly, one coach who was deemed to be an important part of the puzzle in watching where the chips fell, and that's Barry Trotz. Uh, it came out during the final that Barry Trotz has decided not to go not only to Winnipeg, which is where he was rumored to be the favorite, but not anywhere. He is going to take the year away from coaching. Um, very interesting. Uh, this is a man who's coached a lot of years in his life, and we've seen coaches like Paul Maurice say they need to step back, they get burned out. Shayna, what was your reaction to Barry Trotz saying he's going to step back for a year? I respect the shit out of it. I think that it's a privilege to coach at the NHL level, and I think, <clears throat> sorry, um, I think that if you don't have it in you to give it your all, you shouldn't do it. We've seen coaches before take jobs maybe they shouldn't. Um, <clears throat> oh my God, it's not even that early. What is going on here? I'm going through puberty on the podcast <laughs> right before our eyes. Um, no, I, I really do respect it because I think that he's someone that could have made his own path, decided where he wanted to go, and he decided to step back. And I, I don't know if it's something personal, and I wouldn't blame him after the last two years. I don't know if he's going to take a look at his coaching strategies. I don't know if he wants to contemplate if he wants to go into a front office. Whatever it is, he has earned that right. I think it's really smart that he did it. And I hope other coaches take note. I think the best thing you can do sometimes, as much pressure as there might be to stay in the cycle, is to step back, 
reconsider and then figure out your path from there. A hundred percent. So that leaves Winnipeg as one of the teams with many, with an open seat, in fact, a couple to fill behind the bench. One seat that is going to stay warm with its current inhabitant is the bench boss out in Edmonton. Jay Woodcroft was extended. It was a pretty impressive turn that the team took when he came in as the replacement coach. It, it, this seems to be a no-brainer to me. The players seem to like him. The team got results. Who's to say what happens going forward? It all depends, in fact, a lot on who might be in goal for them next year. We're not sure on that yet. But, Sarah, Woodcroft's going to stay behind the Oilers' bench. Your reaction? Yeah, I mean, pretty successful season by the Oilers' standards. I I like it. I, I don't hate the move. It seems like he's been – he's not the pro- – he's certainly not the problem. That's all I got to say on that. I don't really care. Like, it's not like, – it's not moving the needle for me either way, but I think they do need some consistency, so maybe it helps. <laughs> I don't know. We, we know how you're worried about your boy out there, so. Yeah, my boy Connor deserves the best and nothing but the best, but that won't happen until they get a new goalie, so <laughs> until then, I have no comment. <laughs> All right, well, in terms of not just behind the bench, but also in the front office, there have been some changes. And one notable one we wanted to shout out was Megan Hunter taking on the assistant general manager role in Chicago. Uh, She's been with the front office for some time, but this promotion seems substantive. Um, She will be working in um, some contract work, um, some player work. Shayna, we don't know a lot about Megan Hunter, but, you know, she always seems to be a steadying force when you don't hear a lot about front office people. Sometimes that's actually the best performance report that you can get. What's your take on Megan Hunter being promoted up the ranks in Chicago, an organization that really has been needing to look to make some statements on how they value diversity and people who are not white men? I feel like, yeah, like people in front office roles can be like really good defensive defenders if you don't notice them, if you're not saying their name pretty often, like it might be for the right reasons. Um, Because if you're not doing something outwardly bad that we see in this league all the time, like that can be a good thing. I think that the Blackhawks have a lot of work to do, and I think this is a good step in the right direction. You know, fresh voices, different perspectives, more diversity in a front office is for the best. So credit to them for this. I still think that their problems are at the tippy top, and I don't think those are going away anytime soon. But if they can, like, legitimately rebuild not just that roster, but that front office and that line of thinking that they have and pretty much everything that there is to rethink about, then, like... (laughs) They're in good shape. Rangoon is taking over the uh, broadcast angles yeah. here, so we're, we're having a moment. <laughs> She's she just wanted to say girl power. And I'll, I'll add that, yeah, I mean, this is obviously like the, like the, I don't know how to put this in a nicer way, like the redemption tour of the Blackhawks, I guess. But, like, it doesn't matter. They don't ask how. They ask how many, right? Like, I, it, it's a good way to get her foot in the door regardless i think she probably deserves i don't we don't know that much about her but i am very excited to see what is on the horizon here and i like they had a choice on how to deal with this right like they could have just gone the old traditional way or they could say okay let's actually hear people out and make this a better place to work so i don't know like I, that's putting a lot of weight on one assistant gm but we'll see 
In other hiring news, one that maybe isn't something we're as enthusiastic about, uh, the Canucks announced the hiring of Dale Talon into their pro scouting department. And we've lauded the Canucks a lot this season in terms of some of the diversity of their hiring and looking outside the box in terms of what they're bringing into their front office. But this is a little bit of a step back. Now, who's to say, because a lot of times a pro scouting hire can really be just a way for someone who's looking to be around hockey to stay involved in hockey as they find next steps, as they look to cement a role with an organization. Um, but Dale Talon does not have the most illustrious history when it comes to treating players um, and those around him with respect at all times. Shayna, not just the hiring of the individual himself, but again, an organization that had been seemingly doing a lot of great thinking in terms of the, their, their hiring, what does this tell you about the hiring of the individual themselves and also the overall strategy of the organization? Well, I mean, it's possible that they are looking at it and going, Town has legitimately changed. And I think it was said like he was taking classes, was it? Something? He, he was doing something. So I think that's a step in the right direction in theory because so often nothing happens and they just get handed another job. Um, is it... It's tough because for all the progress they've made, like, I don't know. I don't want to, like, start throwing shit on, you know, Rutherford. But it's like that is a hockey man at the end of the day. And, like, Dale Talon was someone that was in hockey circles for a while. So that might be it above all else if – I don't know. But, like, I, I'm just very tired of men falling upwards into these jobs. And I think, you know, you can credit some of the Blackhawks' success to, to him. And I do think that he got the short end of the stick and how Stan Bowman replaced him. And I do think that's fair. But with the Panthers, for what he did right, there was a lot of wrong. Um, there was a lot of wrong in how he handled the team construction. There was a lot of wrong in some of the drafting decisions when they would be advised of players and opt not to take them I there's there's so many players that they didn't take because they didn't fit the bill for them and what they felt a hockey player should be or whether it was size or background or things like that and you can see players thriving around the league that they passed on for reasons that he had strictly him so if from a hockey point of view it's a bad decision because this is not someone that has this incredible sterling track record and in today's game, I think is behind the ball of where things should be heading. And then from a personal level, even if he's writing his wrongs, and I do think people deserve second chances, I'm not sure such a high job in, in, in a hockey front office is it. Like, I think that you have to work your way back up, and I don't know how much he's done that. And maybe someone, I hope someone can speak to what he's done and say, no, 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 he's really trying. Unlike certain people like, I don't know, Mike Babcock, who are like, I've done nothing wrong. There, there's a big difference there. I just don't know if we've seen enough actionable there. And I, I, I just don't, I, there's so many people out there in hockey that, that are deserving of these jobs that don't get the opportunity. And instead it's the same people who lost that opportunity and shouldn't just be handed it back. So it's just disappointing in my opinion. Yeah. And I think it would have been really valuable if they, you know, let's make the work he did to better himself part of the announcement, right? Like let's celebrate that versus it maybe coming out after the fact or, or, or secondary reports. Um, going on into it, we're crossing, we're, we're, we're giving Sarah some relief because we're leaving a little bit of bit of news and we're bringing in a little bit of shit list into our bit of news. Um, but some other announcements that came out this week, um, earlier this week, first reported as far as I saw by Frank Saravelli was the 2022 class of the Hockey Hall of Fame. 
Um, there are, of course, some awesome announcements here. Herb Carnegie um, is going in under the builder category. Um, this is a black man who had to put up with a lot um, and did a lot for the sport, even as he had a lot of racist instances and other roadblocks thrown in his way. Um, of course, the twins, Henrik and Daniel Sedin, the ultimate senator for many people, Daniel Alfredson, the goaltender from the Canucks with the Sedins. That's probably where he's best known in addition to his Twitter. And that's Roberto Luongo. And then a Finn takes one of the two available spots for women, um, which is pretty cool given that there have been mostly U.S. and Canadian women thus far in terms of the, what, 0.6 women that go in every year. Um, and that is Rika Salonen, um, a highly, highly, highly decorated individual um, who is well-deserving of this honor. Um, but again, as I mentioned, there are two spots for women. There are not as many women, you're even close to that, as there are men in the Hockey Hall of Fame presently. And we have mentioned many names. I know on Twitter yesterday, many other names were mentioned of well-deserving candidates who could have been considered to fill that spot. Sarah, what are we doing here? Do we like the nominations, but also what can we do to get more attention to when there are deserving women, particularly when you have two actual designated spots for them to say, hey, look over here. There might be some women you should consider. I, why is there a cap on women? And who? I, I want to take a long look at who is on the committee and how that could influence their decisions because I do think certain people like i'm not a conspiracy theorist but i do think rod brindamore hasn't been hasn't come up because there are two specific people on the committee that might have personal ties to him in the wrong way i maybe i, I might be having a conspiracy theory moment here but he has 202 more goals 114 more points and one more stanley cup than one of the twins and i feel like the twins were a package deal and i think they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, but I think if we're letting everybody in, then Rod should be in. There should be more fucking women. Like, if this is the hot, my my argument with Rod too is that this is the hawk. This is not the NHL Hall of Fame. This is the Hockey Hall of Fame. Who are the influential hockey players that are shaping the game in the way the men's, the women's, the children's game in the way that we are now viewing it? And I think Rod has been a huge part of that. And I think there are several women that deserve to be in right now. And I. I saw Haley Salvin tweet about this, and then Steve Simmons tried to mansplain it to her, and it was like, this is exactly where we're at. Like, exactly. Mm -hmm. Shayna, you obviously bring us so much knowledge on the women's side of the game. Thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I like the argument from Steve Simmons that he's like, oh, you get 14 people to agree. And it's like, well, first I actually of all, can, Steve, get 14 yeah, people to they, agree. Yeah, they can agree. Also, I would argue that there should be more women that are pushing this on the panel, instead of having so few over the years, if this is the Hockey Hall of Fame, then we need more women's support on the back end and then, you know, in the results. Uh, sure, maybe not every men's slot gets taken every year, but you could look at it. There should be, I think, 24 women could be could be in the Hockey Hall of Fame as it is based on the number of slots that they've had available, and they're not close to that. They're, what, at nine? This year you had... Caroline Olette, you had Julie Chu, you had Megan Duggan, you had so many options. And the problem is this: these options that you're not taking now, you're eventually going to want to reach the Hall of Fame. There's going to be this backlog. So then when players like Hillary Knight to retire and the Lamaru twins just retired mm -hmm. and Casey Bellamy and Marie-Philippe Poulin, like they're all going to, you're going to want a lot of these players to be first ballot Hall of Famers and then the backlog just keeps building up when 
yeah, these players should be in all along the way. If you're saying 14 people can't come to a consensus, I want to know why. Please tell us more. Is it that you don't know enough about these players and you didn't do your homework? Then maybe you shouldn't be on the committee. Maybe there needs to be a more concerted effort to have women on the committee. You know, I don't want it that it's a requirement. You have to have two people every year, two women, into the Hall of Fame every year. It shouldn't be like... It should just be something that they want to do and that they can come to a consensus to. And if they can't, then you need to find a way to make that happen by having better people on the panel, more diversity. Like, it's just ridiculous. It's it's lazy. There's not, it, it's, it's lazy to not have women on it. It, it. It's not inclusive when these women have been breaking barriers for years. Jennifer Botterill should be in the Hall of Fame. We shouldn't even be having this conversation. It's not like the options weren't there ready to smack people in the face. They just didn't take them and it's it's just so ridiculous to me like there's three men from Vancouver alone making it this year and there's one woman and she is deserving I think she is the first non-Canadian or American woman to make it that is huge you know there's so much more than just USA and Canada there there's these incredible players over in Europe too and you're just adding to the pool so like, get the fuck over it already and start adding women. Like, it's ridiculous. It's also, I know, it's not one of those silly things that it's like, like, even, and I know people care about the NHL awards and things like that, but I know how much the Hall of Fame means to some people that have been in it and some people that have yet to get in it that are right there. I know it's something that they take seriously as an accomplishment in their lives for a lot of reasons because it kind of immortalizes you and it's it's something that I don't want to and I know how serious a lot of the committee members that I know take it too and it's not like I don't want to shit on them or say they aren't doing enough because they have their reasons within the way the rules are but it's just I feel like we all have different interpretations of what should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame and what the precedent has been. The precedent has been kind of a loosey-goosey, everyone should be in. Then it's like, okay, then we should argue for people that deserve it to be in, unless you want to get stricter. I feel like there needs to be a conversation about this, about what, like maybe a recalibration of what is considered the Hockey Hall of Fame. Well, that's the problem. I mean, that's the problem, right? Everyone's like, oh, it's feel. It's just kind of a gut. Like, there have, the bigger this gets, there has to be a standard. There has to be a, a, a guideline of what this means. Because I can say, I belong in the Hockey Hall of Fame because I think something. Like, come on. Like, it's, mm-hmm. and, and when you don't have standards and when you don't have a clear, shared understanding of what something is, that's when you can't get 14 people to agree. So, Steve, perhaps if we all had clear standards, mm-hmm. then we could easily get Which we know you don't have. Well, <clears throat> Sorry, I mean... it slipped out. I can say, I, I'll, I'll say it. I don't give a shit. I do not. I do not give a shit. We have standards, and unfortunately, he's making it seem like it's so hard to have standards and have agreements when it's like, sorry, anyone with like half a brain cell can have standards and agreements, but it just takes putting in the work, and some people yes. don't want to do that. They it just want to be lazy. And this deserves work. Yes. Last bit of news that also crosses into the shit list is that Ian Kennedy reported on June 21st that Bill Haslam is set to join the NHL ownership group of the Nashville Predators. Um, That is news in and of itself, but it is also important to remember that this is an individual who has a political history in not just opposing, but also removing LGBTQ plus rights as the governor of Tennessee. 
Um, as recently as last year, Haslam fought against marriage rights for same-sex couples. Sarah? <gasps> I'm sorry, I'm fucking done. You're telling me there's politics and sports? Well, butter my butt and call me a biscuit. Um, this is shocking, and I, I don't know how to react because I was told there's no politics in sports and that I need to appear unbiased when me, a member of the LGBTQ plus community, and I, I feel like I have a duty to less, like I know I am, and I wanna get this out of the way, I am, like straight presenting and I have a boyfriend and, and I'm white and I, I have a platform and I feel like when I as a bisexual woman when there's some people that they can't hide they don't have the privilege of hiding who they are and that has become a political who they are has become a political pawn against their will so I need to speak out against people like this this is fucked up and it is not okay and this is a political thing that the Nashville Predators are saying okay sounds good you have money it's fine yeah it's about money and politics yep yep um, so again you know this is what we talk about when we say that teams and leagues put out wonderful tweets and posters for pride and for other uh, hockey is for everyone initiatives but what are we actually doing about it. Um, we're going to get into that topic a little bit more in a future episode. We really want to be intentional with our message um, in terms of politics and sports, um, but it's coming. We'll give you a warning so you can uh, listen to that or pass it on by, but we hope you do check it out. Um, moving strictly into shit list news, <laughs> we have more updates with... I would vote that was the shit list as well. I'm just <laughs> well, I said it was both. It was a bit of no, that decision. And, sh yeah. and shit list, yes. It will be further etched into the shit list soon enough. Yes, exactly. Um, moving fully into the shit list, um, Hockey Canada not only allowed for some atrocious things to happen under their watch, but they could not be bothered to be equipped in a competent way for the hearing on the activities that went down. Um, we still don't have clear-cut answers. Um, there are going to be some additional investigations and reviews of some accusations of instances of sexual assault and we take this very seriously. We will continue to share with you what comes out of there. Um, but funding is being cut. People are watching, which is a little bit of a bright light, including the announcement today, first reported by Katie Strang of The Athletic, that Scotiabank is pulling or suspending, I should say, let me be correct and read Katie's words exactly. Scotiabank is pausing its sponsorship with Hockey Canada until the organization takes certain steps, quote, to improve the culture within the sport, both on and off the ice, according to a letter, to an open letter from President and CEO Brian J. Porter. Um, it has been nauseating to me personally to see what Hockey Canada allowed. Um, we still don't even know the players who were involved, um, and those players could be in the NHL right now without any sort of retribution or any sort of action to have them be held accountable. Um, for some pretty horrendous acts. Shayna, your thoughts on Hockey Canada and then the significance of a big sponsor like Scotiabank saying, hey, we're here to hold you accountable. It's honestly despicable, like seeing the quotes um, come out like that they didn't know you. This is not some like minor league team like this is Hockey Canada. This is a huge deal. And 
it's just like a level of carelessness that is absolutely gross and we've seen it throughout hockey culture and I hope this doesn't make headlines for a couple days and get like swept under the rug and I think the fact that a sponsor like Scotiabank is suspending that deal is so important because sadly we know some businesses don't make change some organizations unless it affects them financially and this one does um so hopefully this keeps the conversation going longer so not only can this be I don't want to say remedied but further investigated until there's clear-cut answers and then um a path forward can be like built I hope this I hope the Scotiabank does like this action does push it in the right direction because I have my doubts considering the carelessness up to this point that they would do the right thing. But I, I just think this and that has to keep being talked about um, and and changed because it's it's not just at Hockey Canada that we talked about the article from Katie, Ian Mendez, and Dan Robes Robeson. Yep, Dan Robeson. Yep. Dan, yep. Okay. Um, and it detailed more than just what goes on in Hockey Canada and looked at hockey as a whole. And you could go through Katie Strang's byline and just look at how many stories there are similar to this throughout the hockey world. So it's not an isolated thing. And it just, it's, it's such, it's the big overarching problem that has to be figured out and remedied moving forward because things just can't continue the way they have. Absolutely. Sarah, any thoughts? On I Hockey just Canada. think, yeah, I, I think Scotiabank, it's nice to see the accountability, like especially where in Canada, it's like hockey is especially kind of like these, Hockey Canada is like a religion and that's the way I can describe Canada and hockey. So I, I think it's so important to see a big sponsor like Scotiabank speak out against it and have it's not even speaking out against it like the pride flags like we're saying like a performative it's an actual action this is very i know we're talking about the shit list but it's actually like a really encouraging thing to me and might set a precedent absolutely and that's that was the last thing we wanted to touch on this episode um was it's been a pretty heavy couple days um for a lot of us um, particularly in the states where there has been an assault on long-standing precedents and the ability to have full dominion over one's bodies. And there have been some statements about um, possible action against further communities that have had to fight for their rights all along um, and still aren't necessarily at a place of equality. And so we did want to shout out some other organizations that are taking steps to align their brands with saying that they stand for getting back those rights and that equality. Specifically, both sides of the professional hockey women's world came out with statements on the Supreme Court decision on Roe versus Wade. We wanna thank them for that and we wanna challenge men's hockey to also make similar statements. Um, there have been some shining lights. Uh, Colin Blackwell has had his eye on some of these stories and we, we appreciate that um, on Twitter. Um, he's had some likes that we that we thank him for. Um, and we're we looking for crumbs of light. Crumbs Sorry of light. to interrupt you, but yes. that's like I've, I'm looking at threads of cis men who have commented on this, and it's like the NBA and some of the I don't know. I was gonna say FIFA. I don't know the soccer boys, whatever they're called. But, yeah. Um, they, yeah. The footy boys, but nobody else gives a fuck. So that's awesome. Except Colin Blackwell. I'd love to see him speak up. 
and that's this is this is the challenge here folks is that if if you believe and if you care about the women in your life or the people who maybe are in underrepresented communities it's time to stand up and it's time to speak for them and we also want to honor before i get my reactions from my amazing co-host dick's sporting goods who also came out with a statement and said that they would provide beans for full health care um, for those who may need it. Um, Sarah, I know you have something you want to react to on this. The floor is yours. Um, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I actually saw a former NHL player, Aaron Ward, speak out very vehemently against this and to that he wants his kids to have rights growing up. So I thought that was, that was cool. Um, other than that, yeah, my, my, response is that there's a lot floating around right now right that's like don't speak up do speak up like men shouldn't whatever dick sporting goods whatever you're just a company but no i think everything matters i think we need to not normalize or be complacent about what is happening right now i think we need to normalize opposing it and i think that takes companies speaking out and companies doing tangible things like i know I know we've been through this before and it hasn't worked, but I, I do think this time, it, Matt, we need to be all in, like, regardless. 100%. Shayna, your thoughts? Yeah, no, I'm totally seconding that. Like, it, we talk about Scotiabank and things like that, you know? It, it makes an impact when, when businesses step up and we saw more follow suit after that. Like, it's important to not just have, you know one woman coming out and speaking about it or a thousand women speaking about it it helps to have support from men who aren't angry for us they're angry with us and companies come out and support us not doing something for us but working with us to make things better like there's a big difference and it's like it's interesting like I was talking to one of my friends the other night and he was like I don't think that there's anything I can do he's like I feel like I'm just here I'm just like everything's going on I don't like it but he's like I don't think me being med is going to change anything and I'm like well 3,000 people like you have that same opinion and you know they're all mad together I'm like that's 3,000 more people who give a shit and it's like that's how you have to think about it so anytime you're thinking a business doing something doesn't matter or you doing something doesn't matter like it really does because the collective is so much better than you know one or two people being mad and everyone else privately being like DMing you like hey you have my support like no 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 oh the classic I secretly support you if you support Joyous. me, then you better fucking do it publicly. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, well, as y'all can tell, we're, we're tired. <laughs> we're tired, friends, um, but we're not going to stop pushing these conversations forward. Um, there is still some hockey to come, formally, um, even though these activities are off the ice. Um, who's to say what will happen next weekend, y'all? But all three of us are going to be in Montreal for the draft. It will officially be the first time we meet Shayna in person. We're very excited about this. Um, but we will all be in Montreal for the draft. And then immediately after the draft, that Wednesday, the 15th, is when we enter into free agency, the Bonanza. And Wait, then is it the 15th? I thought it's the whatever Wednesday is. I thought is. it was the 13th. Whatever I Wednesday is. Okay. I just whatever want to make sure I'm is. not losing. Do you see this? This this disorganized picture. Shayna, whatever just, Wednesday is, that's yes. the day. I'm probably wrong. It's Wednesday. No, no, I'm saying, but like this, like, get ready. Get ready. You're going to see me full disorganization in, in the flesh, a little train wreck on wheels. Actually, I'm on two feet, but you'll see. Well, of, the, of these activities, there's also the pending joy 
of hopefully in August, we all get to take some time off. And many of our hockey friends, particularly our Canadian hockey friends, use this as time to quote unquote, go to the cabin. So that is where we're gonna end with our Fuck, Mary Kill this episode. Fuck, Mary Kill, the draft, free agency, or going to the cabin. Sarah, you're up first. I'm marrying the draft. I had the best weekend of my entire life. And then this is not about the draft itself. It's about me having a good time at the Roxy. I had the best weekend of my entire life with the puck, uh, not like not figurative puck bunnies, the podcast, the puck bunnies. Um, they were in Vancouver in 2019 with me as my first draft. It felt like the world was ahead of me. Little did we know, but I am maybe the Montreal draft will bring me back to that with my girls here um it is like for those who don't know the draft is a great time to kind of meet other people in the hockey world it's like it's obviously about it maybe that's a different perspective for me because like the canes haven't had high first round picks like i'm sure it's work for some people it's still work but it's kind of where the stage is set for like i got a few scoops at the draft in 2019 because it's like you're seeing everybody and talking to everybody so there's that um i'm Fucking, what was it, the lake? The cabin. I'm fucking the cabin because I've never been there. Um, so I can romanticize what it's like here. I'm ready for an invite after the draft. And then I am killing free agency. Oh, interesting. Why? Like, I, oh my God, I like, hire me, everybody. I'm talking about how much I hate work this entire past podcast. Like, you do a lot. Like, I'm just thinking about Joe Smith. He's done three brutally long playoff runs in a, in a row, and then it's immediately free agency. Like, it is, and it is kind of, I don't know. I don't it's know. It's a lot. It's okay. What do you guys this, is think? Your, this is your pick. Shayna, yeah. fuck, Mary kill. The draft, free agency, or going to the cabin? I'm marrying free agency because this this is my vibe. I love math. I love contracts. This is it for me. This is some of my favorite kind of content that there is. Um, I love everything that has to do with the salary cap. I love everything that has to do with contracts. So it's like a day of chaos. I like to dunk on teams for doing bad things. I like to try to look at things differently. I'd like to try to picture how players fit. Um, all of it. Love it. Um, so I will marry that. I am going to fuck the cabin because I think that would be fun as like, you know, something to do, but like, I don't know. I don't think I could live and marry cabin life. I think I would get very bored because I'm not the most, um, nature driven person as I think you both have probably figured out <laughs> by now. I'm not very coordinated. I don't do many things nature wise super well. So, and I will kill a draft. I have not experienced it like Sarah yet, but I don't know much about prospects. And the few times I've had to do work about prospects, like there was one year I worked my ass off to study prospects. Like these are the players that could be picked. And the Rangers went off the board and went with Kravtsov. And I sat there like, I just wasted so much time. There are people that focus on drafts all year and that's their thing and kudos to them, but that is never gonna be me. And I'm just gonna sit back and hope that there's trades so I have something to do. I am going to kill free agency. No, no. I'm going to kill the draft, similar to reasons that Shayna said, because you don't know these players. It's so hard to get information on these players. It, it's so hard to get real substantive conversations with these players in the crazy car wash that is the draft. It's exciting 
like five years from now when you remember that you saw this player get drafted or you talked to this player or whatever it is. But I'm excited to go, and it is dynamic and crazy, but it's, it's a very specific, very intense, very demanding kind of crazy that's, that I'm not always super equipped with without a ton of work. So Couldn't be me. <laughs> I'm, going to, uh, I'm going to fuck free agency because it always costs too much. It's always just insanity, and it so rarely pays off for the team. And so it's fun to do the work and to see it all go down, but it's, it's not something you want to like spend a lot of time with. And I will marry going to the cabin because I am the outdoors person and I can also just go to a cabin and sit and listen to folklore and be happy. So that's what I'm going to do. Oh my God. <laughs> Very you answer. All right, my friends, uh, that is all we have today. Did I miss anything? No. No. Sarah shakes her head and then says no. Look how cute you are. All right. Um, we will be back at you soon with more hockey news, with more BitO news. Um, in the meantime, be sure to follow us on Twitter at 2 underscore much underscore man. Check out our merch. Links are in our Twitter bio, in our show notes, and on our website, which is toomanymenpod.com. And until we speak again, remember that we all deserve the right to live our lives exactly how we wish and to care for one another. Until we speak again, make it the best day ever. Talk soon. Love you. Bye.